Good morning, good afternoon, and or good evening, wherever you are. This is Reverend Essie of New Birth Ministries, and I am coming to you today to bless the Lord with you, praise the Lord with you, and give you blessings as well, and to speak on Luke chapter 15, verses 11, until, amen, hallelujah, Luke chapter 15. I hope all is well with you. God is good. There's a lot going on, folks. There's a lot going on in the spirit. I couldn't help but to say this. For the last few days, I've been noticing and I've been getting prayer requests and messages on my phone and emails and messages on Facebook. There is a lot going on in the spirit, so we have to stay prayed up, stayed up, amen, and trusting in the Lord because it's getting deep. The devil is going around rampantly, worse than he ever did. It's getting worse. The times are about to end. I believe we are there. I believe we are there. With all that's going around in the world, there are just signs for us to prepare for the coming of the Lord. I even had a dream the other night that we need to be prepared for when Jesus comes back because you don't want to be left out. When he comes back, he's coming back and he's gone. He's not going to wait on you. So let's make sure we are prepared and let's get the people that we know and love to be prepared as well. Amen. Jesus is coming back very soon. Sooner than the soons that the saints used thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, whatever. Sooner than that. Amen. They were saying soon, and here we come in 2021. But I'm saying in 2021, Jesus is coming soon. And I'm not talking about uh, in 3034. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. And I can't wait. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's start this with prayer. Dear Lord, God, our Father, the Father that sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, the Father that allows a part of the throne to live inside of us, we thank you, Father God, for your power. We thank you for taking care of us and taking up for us and sending uh, your hope and giving us your hope and sending help whenever we need help and the angels to help us whenever we need help to keep us from dashing our feet against stones, hallelujah, to keep us from harm. We thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for what you did on a cross just for us, to give us your power. You didn't have to, but you did, and we thank you for that. I ask right now, God, that you start speaking to people more often. Open up their eyes. We know you're speaking, but we don't know if they can hear you. Open up their ears. And so that they can hear you speaking to them. So they will know the difference between the voices of the world and the voice of their creator. Hallelujah. That is our prayer today. Holy Spirit, use me to preach this word so that someone somewhere could get something out of it and give their souls to Jesus or see a life change. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for New Birth Ministries and all the people who are attached to New Birth Ministries in any kind of way, whether they want to be known known, or whether they don't want to be known. Amen. We bless all of them and all the households of the people from New Birth Ministries who love New Birth Ministries. Hallelujah. We bless them. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. And let's look at uh, Luke chapter 15, chapter 15, verse 11. And it says, we're going to be talking about the prodigal son. 
the parable, you know, Jesus spoke parables, which means actually parabolos, P-A-R-A-B-O-L-O-S, parabolos in Greek. And he spoke parables. They're like stories. I don't want to use the word stories, but they were like um, uh, examples that he would give people um, to learn something from, amen, to gather wisdom from and knowledge from. This is how Jesus dispersed wisdom and knowledge while he was down here on earth. He did it a lot in parables. Amen. And the people who were in the spirit understood what he was saying. And people in the flesh had no idea what he meant. So it starts out and it says, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And it says he divided unto them his living. Okay, now we're talking about here um, selfishness. Now, this boy's living with his father. His father was obviously rich to, to, for the boy to ask for his money. Okay, um, his father was obviously rich, had a lot. Okay, and the children wanted for nothing. But this, this talks about the sin of youth. When you're young, I think all of us can say this. I don't think anybody is that special where they can't say they didn't have troubles when they were younger. But when you were younger... Uh, things seem to be more attractive to you. Did they not? They seem to be more attractive to us when we're younger and we didn't have enough wisdom and knowledge to know the difference between good and evil as well as we do now, of course, through experience and, ex- you know, experiences that we went through in our lives. Amen. And this young boy got tired of doing the same old thing over and over. And most likely the, you know, his his, his mind was speaking to him. Instead of his heart staying on the Lord and staying on his father to help his father out around the house and his brother, he wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to just go out into the world and experience the world. And what is that saying that they have for young men? Wanted to go out and sow his his, his oats, right? <laughs> he wanted to go out and sow his oats. He didn't want to hold still. He didn't want to learn from his father. He didn't want to stick around to get wisdom as the other one obviously did. Amen. He wanted to go out and be his own, do his own thing. He wanted to take care of that flesh. He wasn't worried about the spirit. So his father gave it to him. It says in verse 12, it says, And he divided um, unto them his living. His father gave him the goods. He gave him the stuff that he was asking for. Amen. Amen. And it says, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Riotous living. This, it, we're, this is 2021. This, these two words are how I would describe 2021. Riotous living. There are so many uh, people who are out there just entertainers and just living wildly and crazy and, and not doing proper things and just showing off. And, and we, we have people who they just get drunk and they go to hotels. And this started years ago where bands would just go to hotels and just tear up the hotel. Because they were who they were. I'm, you know, I'm this band and I'm that band. And instead of respecting the hotel, they would tear up the hotel and throw furniture out the windows and everything. And and everybody would get drunk and hide up. And this is riotous living. People who are irresponsible, 
people who act like they're not accountable for their actions. And this is where we are today. We have people who do anything they want to do whenever they want to do it out of the flesh, of course, because they're not responsible for their actions. And that is a very dangerous thing. Very dangerous thing. Whenever you go against your parents who raised you and taught you, amen, and you want to go out there in the world who could care less about you, don't know you, amen, they don't know you, they could care less about you, but you want to go out there and give the world a piece of you. That is not wisdom at all. That's not what this young man was not using wisdom at all. He had a lust for the world. And this is what we are experiencing today in the body of Christ. There are some who call themselves Christians and they may even be attempting, trying, but they have that lust for the world where they can't let go. And then they wonder why I can't, you know, things aren't happening. You say, I can't hear God, um, this and that. And why doesn't he help me with my my school funding? And everybody wants to know why. And what they don't realize is God did. If you follow God, God takes care of his own. God takes care of his children. But there are two fathers we have to remember. Jesus even said in the New Testament, you are of your, your father, the devil. So either if you're going to live According to the Father, the creator of all things, he will take care of you. But if you want to live like the devil, then you wait for the devil to take care of you. And this boy left, spent up all his money and everything on riotous living. Amen. This is uh, speaks of spiritual loss. It is a shame when you sit there and you watch somebody who is so hard-headed that they want to do their own thing so much. You you just watch it happening. They are experiencing spiritual loss. And we have to be careful whenever we don't do what we are supposed to do the proper way. There's proper and improper. And if you don't do things the proper way, you will suffer from spiritual loss, which means you will not gain wisdom. You will not gain understanding. God will not speak to you the way he wants to speak to you because you're not allowing him to. Your flesh is too thick for him to get in. You put the flesh first. There's things that people don't want to let go of. They want to hold on to their lusts and think God's going to Just jump in with a cape on and say, here I am to save the day. I don't think so. Whichever father you act like is the father you're going to get. Amen. Spiritual loss. He got his money. He got the money that he wanted. His dad didn't turn him down. He didn't yell at him and try to stop him from going. If you notice, the father allowed him to go. And me, you can only imagine how the father felt. Because when when children do these things, parents know that the child is not ready. We know. We know when the child is not ready. The child doesn't realize it. Put it this way: the child doesn't want to realize it. Amen. 
And as soon as you see them turn their back on you and not want to listen to you and pay attention to what you're trying to tell them, you know they're going to suffer spiritual loss. Amen. Let's look in 1 Corinthians 3.13. And it says, let me turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. See, every ba- everybody's work is going to be made manifest, and whatever you've been, whatever sows, whatever seeds you've been sowing is going to be revealed, and everybody's going to see it. It says, for the day shall declare it. Because it'll be revealed by fire, spiritual, your spiritual work will be tested. It will be revealed by fire. The fire of God will reveal whether or not you are strong spiritually and whether or not you have learned. Life, your life will be tested. People are going through tests right now in their lives. And there are many that aren't making it. They're, they're losing. We have to keep them in prayer because of their flesh. Their flesh is winning over. And their, their minds are seared. I know you've heard that term before, when people's minds are seared. You can sin so much and you could live so wrongly that your wrong begins to look right. You think that the things that you are doing are proper and right, and they're not. Amen. And it says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Okay, he had no wisdom. He didn't save up. He wasn't prepared Now, I've been telling people for the longest time now, save. Save canned goods, save whatever you can. For when a famine comes through the land, okay, we don't know what's going to happen in the flesh. We we don't know what's going to happen in the United States. So far, it's not looking so great. But God is a provider and yes, he provides for us. So do it now so you won't find yourself begging, so you won't find yourself in want. It doesn't hurt to have a couple extra things. And not only that, how do you know your neighbor might not need some food themselves? Maybe you can help somebody else. Amen. You don't want to be spiritually or uh, naturally destitute. Amen. And here comes the uh, famine, and he had nothing. He was bankrupt. He was he was spiritually, morally bankrupt, physically bankrupt. Amen. Financially bankrupt. This speaks of spiritual destitution. He used excess to the point where he wasn't prepared for what was to come. Do you know, do God tells us do not live our lives in excess. Amen. 
You're supposed to live day by day, not in excess, not with the spirit of want or the spirit of uh, greed. Just live every day as it comes. Don't try to hurry up and, and take up everything in one day on, on Wednesday and you have no idea what's going to happen on Thursday. Amen. Leave some for Thursday. <laughs> Amen. Use what your body needs. Use what your life needs. The clothes, the, the food, and whatever, the water, the gas. Some people just abuse things to the point that if you use something so much, sooner or later, it's going to break down on you. And when that day comes that you really, really need it, you're not going to have it. Amen. Excess, abuse, abuse of power. We see abuse of power in the world. We see abuse of belongings, abuse of things, abuse of um, in relationships of husbands or wives or whatever, girlfriends, boyfriends. We see abuse between parents and children. It's it's excess. Amen. And here he is. The famine came. And he had nothing. Spiritual destitution. As the saying says, don't throw your pearls before swine. And this is what happens when you have a lot and people know you have a lot. Oh, they'll come around. They'll abuse you. They'll use you and they will abuse you and they will wring you dry. Because... I hate to say this, some people are, and some people just don't know any better, but some people are fools. They don't know when to stop. They don't know when to quit. Don't allow the enemy to turn you into a fool. Know when to quit. Amen. Because what's happening is there are some people out there, and and some good Christians are doing this as well. They are... um, as I said, throwing their pearls before swine. You know, some people will use you and abuse you, put it this way, as much as you allow them to. And you may have heard me say this before, and I use this as a testimony, an example, but I knew a woman years ago, grew up with her, in fact, and um, she kind of, went off a little bit, just, you know, in her mind, she went through some things and, and she was kind of mentally suffering. So I'll put it that way. Not bad, but it it was kind of, it was there. She had changed and she just kept coming to me and asking me for money and asking me for food. I remember one time my children can, can uh, tell you the same story. We sent her boxes of, I think it was like three, three boxes of food. And we sent it to her, and this is when we had a really bad storm, a really bad um, snowstorm, and I think it was around the year 1999-2000, somewhere around in there. This woman had gotten so bad, and she just some when people go off like that, they don't really realize what they're that they're hurting you, what they say. This woman walked all the way back to where I lived at, from one end of town to the other end of town, 
to bring me a box. I can't remember. Did she bring it or did I have to go get it? No, she brought it. She walked in that bad snow. There was like a couple feet of snow outside to bring me a box back to tell me that that is not the kind of food she likes. She said, I, I, I just, I'm sorry. Esther, I just, I just had to bring you this box back because there's just some things in there I just don't like. I just, and she shook her head. I just don't like them. I just don't. She walked in two feet of snow, whatever it was outside to bring me a box back. Okay. I, that, I, okay, I, said, I said, okay, okay. I learned a lesson from that one. Don't throw your pearls before swine. And then it got to the point where she would keep asking me for stuff and asking me for stuff, money for her bills and money to pay her gas and her electric. And this is, I think this is when I had my daycare or something, whatever. And she was asking me for money and I would give her money and I'd give her money. And I, I went to Pastor Ed. Yeah, I was going to shout out at that time. It had to be between 96 and 99 because I graduated in 99. And um, I asked Pastor Ed, I said, Pastor Ed, I have a friend that I love dearly. And she keeps asking me for money. I said, and I just can't keep giving it to her all the time. I said, and, and it's, I don't know what to do, you know. And he told me, he said, what has happened is you became her God. He said, why would she ever need God when she gets what she needs off of you? Amen. And we have to watch because sometimes we can become somebody's God. And you could literally, end, you're thinking you're helping them, but you could literally be hindering them. You could be hindering them from depending on God for what they need. Amen. Why should they get a job if they can get the money off of you? Right? Don't live high if you can't pay for it. I never had to, did you? I, I never could. I mean, if, if if don't live high if you can't pay for it. I know some people that, that they move from apartment to apartment to apartment on bounced checks. I, I knew someone, I knew a couple other people that just opened up businesses on bounced checks. <laughs> That's just, I, I'm indescri- what is undescri- indescribable. There's people that do that. They for looks, it's see, it's that flesh. They want to look good all the time. They want to fool people. They want people to think they're doing good when they're really not doing good. Don't become someone else's God. Amen. Save what you have for the kingdom of God, for the furtherance of the kingdom, not the furtherance of somebody who doesn't want to accept Jesus as their savior and come to God. Not for the furtherance of somebody that doesn't want to get down on their knees and repent of their sins. You're helping them to stay in those sins. Amen. So we have to watch out for things like that. Don't throw your pearls before swine. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He ended up with the pigs. He ended up with the pigs. Because he wanted to do him. He wanted to do his own thing. He didn't want to be with his father. He didn't want to get up at seven in the morning and go out into the fields. He didn't want to eat dinner at a certain time. He didn't want to do what his father wanted to do. He he wanted to do his, he was in a hurry to do his own thing and was not ready and was not prepared. So he ended up with the pigs. You will find yourself in dissatisfaction 
if you live in moral bankruptcy. Amen. You will find yourself destitute. Now he's feeding the swine. Amen. This is what sin has to offer you. This is sin will lead you to a place where you never wanted to go. You weren't prepared for it. You didn't ask for it. But bam, you're there. As Emerald says, bam, (laughs) you're there. Amen. This is where your flesh will lead you. And it says, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. He didn't get that sin's misery. He didn't get nobody gave him food. Nobody gave him any help. They won't they won't help you with your rent. They won't buy you a car. They won't pay your bills for you. They won't do anything. They won't get you give you a sweater to, to wear or shoes on your feet. You will not because people watched you act like a fool. And they, you are not, they're not, a wise person is not going to let you use their money. A wise person is not going to let a fool use their money. Wise. Notice I said wise. Amen. We need to become wise. Amen. This boy was, this, this young man was going through deterioration. Amen. As in verse 17 says, and when he came to himself, he said, <laughs> how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Okay, at this point, this young man went from insanity to sanity. It says, and he came to himself. Amen. Hallelujah. He couldn't get anything from the world. He he saw, oh, I spent up all my money and nobody's helping me. I know I know a young man like that right now. I, it's a shame to say it. I know a young man right now where he thinks that just buying everybody a drink in the bar makes him look good, and 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 he wants to be the, always be the one to people can see doing something or. He always wants to be the one with the prettiest this and the best that and, you know, and and, and, and and what he doesn't realize, people were making a fool of him. He finally looked at himself one day and saw where people, all the people that he thought were his friends were using him. And he's sick about it. Now he has to dig his way out of that lifestyle. Amen, people. He, he, people will use you. I'm asking you, come, whoever this is for, come into your right mind. Amen. The Bible says, and when he came to himself, he said, my father has all this. My father has hired hands, lots of food, enough to spare. Notice, see, see extra. Enough to spare. He had enough. His father had so much that he could have fed a few people in the town, probably, near him. Some neighbors, friends. And he's out there laying with the swine, eating husks with the pigs. His father had super abundance. 
Isn't that just like our Father in heaven? Our God has super abundance. Our God is the creator of all things. He knows what you need. He, he's waiting for you to come out from among them. Come out from among the pigs. Come out from among your ways. And when we're talking about pigs, we're not just talking about people. Come out from among those nasty, ignorant thoughts that you have. The things that you do. The people that you hang with. Amen. Come out from among them. Change your ways. Repent. Do a 180. And God says, and I'll help you. You could have what I have, but I'm not going to allow you to take what I have if you're serving the devil. Choose ye this day who you're going to serve. You can't serve the devil all day long. You can't hold hands with the devil and ask God to help you with something to do. He's not going to do it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, amen, you've heard it, and seek his face and what? Turn from their wicked ways. Admit you're wicked. Admit that there's something in there that's wicked that God doesn't like. Sometimes people don't get what they want, not because the angels are fighting the demons in the second heaven. Sometimes people don't get what they want because they're wicked. They have wicked ways that they need to repent themselves of. When Jesus healed in the Bible a couple times, actually, Jesus would heal somebody. What did he tell them? He didn't say, go and enjoy life. He said, Thy sins have been forgiven. Now, why did he do that? The man, one of the stories in the Bible, a man walked up to him and asked him, you know, well, you, can you please um, heal me? And, and Jesus said, will thou be healed? And he said, yes. And he said, thy sins have been forgiven. What did that sentence have to do? <laughs> ha ha, Hallelujah. What did that sentence have to do with the man being sick and needing healed? He had sins that was making him sick. Oh, my God. It's a word to somebody. We have to watch. Sometimes we could have sins and we're so busy going into a pity party looking for pity. Okay. I've done it. I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I don't like to speak things just out of a whiz. I, like, I know I've been there, done that. <laughs> wore the t-shirt and read the book. Sometimes we can be in such a pity party that we don't even see that we're sinning. We don't even see that the devil's laughing because we're playing right into his hands. You can't live like the devil and hold hands with God and expect God's blessings. And this is where we're going. I thank you. I heard, just heard I love whenever God does that. Amen. I love when I hear amens. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. And a lot of us, I feel like, I know this is a hard word today, and I'm not doing this on purpose. God wants somebody to know what I am saying. Amen. But sometimes we do this. We live like the devil, and we want God to give us his blessings at the same time. You can't live in hell and hold hands with the devil and ask God to give you beautiful carpeting in your house 
and and gold furniture, <laughs> gold gold walls and beautiful furniture. He's not gonna get. You're not gonna get it. Will a man rob God? Malachi, that comes to me. Will it? Thank you, Lord. Will a man rob God? And my answer is yes, he will. Yes, he will. It says, when he came to himself, how many hired? And then verse 13 says, and I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have, where there it is, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Repent. That word keeps coming up and keeps coming up and keeps coming up. Folks, God is telling us to repent of your wicked ways. Chronicles and Luke and a, and a few other places all throughout the Bible. Repent of your wicked ways. We need to stop trying to act like we're innocent in man's eyes, knowing good and well we're sinning. If what you're doing feels weird, and you feel in your in your your heart is condemning you a little bit, then you're you know you're wrong. Stop doing it. Kick it to the curb. Father, I have sinned and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He was even willing. He he, he was eating husks with it with the swine. He he was even willing to be a slave for his own father. This is what happens when you repent to God. You'll be. How many people have you have you heard say, "I'll be the doorman"? I wouldn't even mind being a doorman at the gate as long as I make it to heaven. You don't need to do that. And verse twenty nine says, "And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. God has compassion on us. God's not mean." He's not going to hurl lightning bolts at you. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father had compassion on his son. This speaks of parental love and reconciliation. Amen. He gave him salutations. He fell down on his. He was so glad to say, this is how God is. See, people try to make God look mean. God's not mean. God is very loving. God loves to see us repent. He loves to see us come back to him. Because God is love. God loves us. There is nothing that you can do in this world that God won't forgive you for. Unless you go against the Holy Ghost. Amen. Reject the Holy Ghost that Jesus gave us all as a gift. Amen. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called a son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, a ring on his hand, hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither a fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, is alive again, he was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And this is how God treats every person that comes to Jesus. Every person that comes to Jesus. 
And don't say, well, he never fell down on his feet for me and kissed me. Yeah. Is, did he not send his Holy Spirit down here to live in us? You accept Jesus Christ, you, you will be a part. And the Holy Spirit will be a part of you. That's your heavenly kiss. Accept it. Amen. And now his elder son was in the field and he came in and drew nigh to the house and he heard music and dancing and he heard everybody was partying and carrying on right. And he called one of the servants and asked what was going on. And when he said unto them, your brother came back home and your father has killed a fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And then the older, the older boy got angry. The older brother got angry. Jealousy will get you nowhere. Unbrotherly attitude. How many families do we have in this world right now that don't get along? And as I said, I think I said it last Sunday, they always want to find a scapegoat. A scapegoat was the goat that Israel used. And they would the, the priests would take all the sins of the people and place it upon this one goat. And they would slap, I think they put like a red cord or something around him so that they would know which one it was. And they would slap him and make him go into the uh, desert and he would die in a desert. And everybody's sins would die with a scapegoat. Do you have anybody in your family that's trying to make you a scapegoat? Have they tied a red cord around your neck? Jesus. Amen. And he, and, um, and and it said and he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father has killed a fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve all the stuff I did for you, and you didn't do this for me. And my brother left, and you're giving him a party because he came back. Amen. I serve thee. Neither trans. I didn't. I didn't transgress. I didn't make any mistakes. I didn't do anything wrong. I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. He said, well, you never gave me a party. Look, isn't that how families go? (laughs) Isn't that how families go? One gets jealous of the other. Amen. Somebody gets something and the other one gets upset about it because they didn't get it. You never did that for me. How many times has that happened? Amen. And then next thing you know, gossip starts, jealousy, envy starts, and then you have people in the family trying to make that one person the scapegoat. They always do something wrong, never will be any good. They're not worth a dime. I don't want to call them. I don't want to talk to them. They make so many mistakes, I I can't even fathom saying hello to them, right? Amen. Everybody's wrong but them. Amen. Amen. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fattened calf. He's telling his father, my brother went out there and was sleeping with all these women and was doing all kind of crazy stuff and everything, sleeping with harlots. And you're, you're, you're killing a fatted, a good cat, a good animal. Some giving him some good meat. Amen. I'm not talking about Walmart or Aldi's meat. You're giving him slaughterhouse steaks. <laughs> you, 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 you didn't give me that. Amen. Jealousy. 
Instead of being happy because his brother finally came home, why wasn't his brother happy because his brother finally came home? What kind of relationship did they have make you? Maybe that's why the first brother left. If the second brother got jealous that quick, they, we never know. Only Jesus knows the depth of this, this story he used. But that could be why the first one left. Eh, right? Only God knows. Because the second one doesn't seem too happy to see him come back home. I'd be glad to see my brother and my sister come home. Is this going on in the body of Christ? Are we not as happy as we pretend to be when somebody gives their soul to Jesus or when somebody comes back home, when a backslider comes back to Jesus? Or when a pastor or preacher or, or teacher or evangelist comes back to God? repents of their evil ways and comes back? Or do we just keep bringing up the evil that they did? Like the preachers from years ago that maybe slept with harlots, <laughs> okay, or was found drinking, had bars in their offices, okay? And and people just keep bringing that up and bringing that up, you know, he slept with the harlots. I don't know, he can never preach to me. Where's the compassion, the forgiveness? And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. You're always with me. And everything that I have is yours. What are you complaining about? <laughs> Amen. In the last verse, and I'm, I'm done. It says, It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Notice he said the brother was dead. Yes, he was dead in his sins. That your flesh is dead. And if it wasn't for your spirit, you wouldn't be walking. Amen. The spirit of God is carrying each and every one of us, speaking to us, praying for us, praying with us, talking to us. You are alive because of the spirit of God that is inside of you. Amen. We have something every morning when we open up our eyes, we have something to thank God for. Amen. Don't be estranged. Come back home. Come back home. God wants to restore you. Are you saved? If you're not saved, just repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am so sorry. I believe you died on a cross for me. And rose three days later, just for me. I accept you as my Savior. I love you. Thank you so much, Jesus. And amen. And if you said that, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. God, through everything that you did up until this moment, as far as the Bible says, as far as the East is from the West. So if he forgot it, you forget it. Other people might bring it up to you, but tell them that's the old me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Get right, church, and let's go home. Welcome to the family of God. Find a Bible-believing, hopefully tongue-talking church. Amen. Uh, that uh, can teach you all about Jesus, and they know all about the Bible. They just don't read from the same chapter every Sunday. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, and, and get to know him. Have a relationship with Jesus. And I like to tell people also, well, if you do anything after you get saved that, you, that doesn't make you so happy, just repent. Just tell them you're sorry. 
Amen. And Jesus will forgive you. He's not going to ask you to tap dance. Amen. And um, I also like to tell people, uh, when it comes to praying, talk to God until you hear him talk back to you. And when he does, you'll know it. It's not going to be in your ear. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I pray that each and every one of you listening to this, I pray it happens to you. I pray you get to hear God's voice speaking to your heart. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Hallelujah. Give you his grace, his mercy, his peace. And remember, Jesus said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. Hallelujah. And your blessings will be upon you. All those grafted in will be blessed as well. Amen. Reverend Essie signing off. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful Sunday afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. Amen. God bless you.